if you've ever ridden on a plane and you heard one of those eerie noises coming from the back of the plane or the front of the plane or the middle of the plane, you know how scary that can be. Well, on September 2nd, 1987, a commuter flight left Portland, Maine for Boston, Massachusetts. The pilot, Henry Dempsey, and his trusty co-pilot, Paul, they thought they heard a strange sound coming from the back of the plane just after takeoff. And they knew whatever's making that noise didn't sound familiar. So what was it? There it was again. What is that? So Dempsey left the cockpit and decided to investigate. He reached the tail section of the plane, and the plane hit an air pocket. Dempsey was thrown against the rear door, and as soon as he was, he quickly discovered what made the noise. The rear door had not been properly latched prior to takeoff, and suddenly it flew open. Instantly, the pilot, Henry Dempsey, was sucked out of the jet. The co-pilot saw the red light that indicated an open door, so he radioed the nearest airport, requesting permission for an emergency landing. He let them know the pilot has fallen out of the plane. He requested a helicopter search of that area of the ocean. Once the plane landed, ground crews they discovered something absolutely astonishing, remarkable, unbelievable, bordering on the miraculous. They found Henry Dempsey holding on to the outdoor ladder of the plane. Somehow, after he was sucked out of the plane, while falling to his sure certain death, he caught a hold of the ladder. He held on for 10 minutes as the plane flew 200 miles an hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. And then when the plane touched down, while traveling close to 100 miles an hour, Henry Dempsey's head missed hitting the ground by 6 inches. It took airport personnel minutes to pry Dempsey's fingers from that ladder, and he survived miraculously with just a cut hand. He held on to everything he had, probably with more conviction than he even knew he had. Desperate in his commitment to live and not die, he believed if he hung on to the ladder with every ounce of strength he had, he would live. That was a conviction that said, if I hold on, I live. If I let go, I die. We all need that Dempseyan conviction when it comes to holding on to the promises of God. And we're going to talk about those promises right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. Welcome back to the God's Word for Life companion podcast. I'm your host, LJ Harry, and you're listening to the episode entitled Holding On to God's Promises. And if you have the companion student guide, it is dated January 30th, 2022. And if you don't have the companion student guide, that's okay. You can still listen and grow in your faith. We're looking at Genesis 32, verse number 26. If you have your Bible, if you have your companion student guide, if you have your phone, or if you just want to listen. And he said, referring to the angel of the Lord, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, referring to Jacob, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. It's a story of Jacob. In this story, Jacob didn't have anything left to hold on to. He didn't even have a ladder outside of an airplane. He no longer had a home or family to be his focus. Jacob was alone, profoundly alone. 
He had even sent his friends and his companions. He sent his wives away from him. He walked away from a secure future at least twice in his life. This was getting old for Jacob. And now as he stood on the bank of the river Jabbok, after he had sent away his family and what little he had left, Jacob just wanted to pray. Obviously, prayer is the right thing when we feel like we have nothing left to hold on to. Jacob intended to have a simple late-night prayer meeting with God, just to clarify, to reaffirm some of the promises God had given him, and suddenly he was sucked out into the open air of a spiritual fight for his life. He was fighting with a man. He might have thought it was Esau at first. Maybe he thought it was a total stranger who came to rob and kill him. Why not? Hey, let's beat Jacob while he's down. But it was a fight he had never been in before. All night long, round after round, rolling and tussling in the dirt, wrestling, sweaty, dirty, tired, Jacob struggled through the long hours into the early morning from the time the moon was up until the time the sun was up. And at some point, Jacob realized, this isn't just a man, this isn't just a human struggle, this isn't just a tussle with a burglar, this is a wrestling match with God. Have you ever wrestled with God over anything? Maybe you... You wrestled with him over wanting your will over his will. What was that wrestling match like? Well, somewhere toward the end of that struggle, the angel commanded Jacob, you got to let me go. Day's breaking, sun's coming up. You got to let me go. They'd wrestled all the way through the long night hours. The sun was beginning to peak. And it had been a grueling night for both of them. We're not giving any specific reason for the angel commanding Jacob to let him go, except the day was breaking. The angel gave Jacob a chance to give up and let go. After all these rounds of wrestling, Jacob, you can just give up and let go and we'll call it good. And then Jacob's mind, he thought, wait a minute. If I let go, I die. But if I hold on, I live. Jacob held on. The bruises, the open wounds from this fight were screaming, bro, just let go, give up, let go, let the guy go. But Jacob held on because somewhere deep in his heart, he knew he had to hold on to God and not let go. Something was telling him if he let go now, he would never receive from God what he needed. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob already received a touch from God, but that would never be enough for him. He knew without this blessing, he would not be whole. That's some pretty deep, earnest prayer. Have you ever prayed so earnestly? That in your heart, you felt like if you let go, you would not get what God had for you. But if you held on, you would. Basically, the same conviction as Henry Dempsey. If I let go, I die. But if I hold on, I live. Now, we we'll often preach about Jacob holding on to God. But quite honestly, God was holding on to Jacob. Let's think about it. He's God. This guy's Jacob. God could have ended the wrestling match anytime he wanted. And he didn't even need a metal folding chair. <laughs> He just wanted to hold on to see how long Jacob was willing to hold on. At times when we're struggling with God and feel like we're doing everything we can and all we're doing is just holding on, let's consider maybe God is holding on to us, waiting, wanting to see if we can hold on to the promises God has given us even through this struggle. Think back to some of those deep, earnest prayer meetings. What in your life are you wanting desperately to see God change? After this all-night fight, Genesis 32, verse 31 reads, The sun rose above him, and he was limping because of his hip. That mark on Jacob defined him. It was evidence he had been thrown out of the plane, but he held on. 
It was his right of victory to be able to say, I got what God had. I got what I needed from God. It took struggling, but I got blessing. It took some fight, but I got what I needed. At one point in the night when I thought I would have let go, I held on. I'm bloodied. I'm bruised. I'm exhausted. I'm tired, but I'm blessed. Jacob, after he refused to let go, the angel asked him the question, what is your name? That's an interesting question because God knew his name. God did not forget who was wrestling with him. There had to be a reason God was asking. And Jacob gave an honest answer. This was a sore spot with Jacob. All his life, he was referred to as Jacob, which literally means the heel grabber, the cheater, the supplanter, the deceiver, the liar, the no good, the 'er ne'er-do-well, the scallywag, the rapscallion, the cutthroat. When the angel of the Lord asked Jacob his name, It was a chance for Jacob to come clean and say, let me tell you who I am. Not proud of it, but it is who I am. I'm a cheater. I'm a liar. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a deceiver. Before God could bless him, Jacob needed to come clean, brutally honest with God. But in that moment of honesty, when Jacob did not hide who he was from God, Jacob opened the door for God to bless him. The angel of the Lord immediately looked at Jacob and said, no longer. Not anymore. Oh, glory to God. No longer will your name be Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and with man, and you have prevailed. God is remarkably, abundantly merciful. He sees our possibilities instead of just our past. God gave Jacob a new identity. He gave him a new name. When he walked through town, if somebody said, hey, Jacob, hey, cheater, Jacob wouldn't even turn his head. Not until they said, hey, Israel. A prince with God. And then Jacob would turn and say, yes, you called me? God changed Jacob's, not only his name, but his identity. He changed his future, even though Jacob could do nothing about his past, but come clean with it. Jeremiah chapter 29 declares, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. God is looking for those who will look for him. Hold on, even In the greatest fight of your life, God is looking for those who will hold on. Interestingly enough, and only God knew, the very next morning, after this wonderful blessing where God changed Jacob's name, Jacob looked up and saw 400 men being led by his older brother Esau. Can you imagine what must have been going through Jacob's mind? This is it. I just had the greatest prayer meeting of my life. I just had the greatest church service of my life. And here's my brother Jacob to do me in. I don't, I get one day where my name is Israel. And after this day, I'm a dead man. Esau is coming to take back the birthright, the blessing. Esau's coming to get vengeance and revenge on what I did to him and how I deceived him and deceived our dying dad. Jacob saw Esau coming in the distance and fear gripped Jacob's, I'm sorry, forgive me, Israel's heart. His thoughts ran rampant. Is Esau going to kill him? Will this be the last sunrise Israel would ever see? Was the wrestling match, was the name change, was that all for nothing? When Israel saw Esau, he took the humble approach, good for you. He bowed seven times as he went toward Esau. In his heart, Israel was praying that Esau would be merciful to him and not judge him, not destroy him. It's 400 to 1. Israel doesn't stand a chance. Genesis 32 
shares with us the prayer he prayed. He said, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown unto your servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and I have become two bands. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear lest he comes and smites me. Don't smite me, O smiter. And the mother with the children. Israel was scared speechless that Esau was going to kill him when he found him. There's a story of a civil war soldier who was condemned to die for treason. His mother was beside herself with grief. She wrote a letter to President Lincoln asking for mercy. In his response, President Lincoln said, Ma'am, I have reviewed the case. I see the court was fair. I see no reason your son deserves mercy. And the mother quickly sent a reply, and she said, Mr. President, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. Have you ever experienced this type of fear Israel did in this instance? Ever experienced that kind of paralyzing fear that this is it? It's all over. And if so, and you're still here to listen to this podcast, how did God intervene on your behalf? Well, to Israel's shock, Esau ran to him. Well, that wasn't a shock. He's probably running to him, swords blazing. But Esau ran to him and fell on his neck. Tears began to flow. They embraced each other as only brothers can. And then Israel made an incredible statement. He said, I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight, receive my present at your hand, for I have seen my, thy face as though I have seen the face of God, and thou was pleased with me. Israel said, Esau, it's like I saw the face of God when you ran toward me, tears flowing, arms open. It's like I saw the face of God because I saw his mercy through you. Something happened in Esau that caused him to look to Israel as merciful as Almighty God. Finally, a weight had lifted off of his shoulders and off of Esau's shoulders. There had been this feuding, this family feuding and fighting all their lives. Their dad loved Esau. Their mom loved Israel, Jacob. So there was this fighting all their lives, this conflict and the time when Jacob pretty much tricked his brother out of his birthright. And then the time they tricked his dying dad. And who knows how many other times Jacob tied Esau's shoelaces together and then Esau tripped and everybody laughed with Jacob at Esau. Who knows all the times Jacob made fun of, got the upper hand on, deceived, tricked, cheated Esau. And yet with all of that history, God was merciful and God's mercy worked through Esau. And Jacob was now free to continue. Israel was free to continue on his journey in his life. Esau began moving towards Seir. Jacob, Israel, began moving towards Sukkot. And there he spread out some his tent. He found some land. He built an altar, and he named it El Eloi Israel, which means God, the God of Israel. For years, his mom and dad had a relationship with God, but Israel really didn't. Certainly he didn't as Jacob, but now... Israel built an altar and said, The God who my mom and my dad served and my grandfather Abraham served, he is not just their God, he is my God. Let's hold on to him. Let's hold on to his promises. That name change for Jacob was just the beginning of the greatest seasons of blessing he had ever lived. Let's remain faithful to God through all the struggles. Even if we want to give up, let's not give up. Let's hold on because if we hold on, we live. And if we give up, we die.
So how do we do that? How do we hold tightly to the promises of God in a very real, practical, everyday way? Okay, let's wrap this up. An old Viking proverb says, Never trust a man without scars. A man without scars has not felt the hardship or pains of life. Be proud of your scars and let them tell your story. If we edited this passage, this story, we would say it like this, Never trust a man without a limp. That limp may be what proves he held on to the promises of God, even though his flesh was telling him to give up. That limp tells his story. When God touched Jacob's hip, he put his hip out of socket. And so everywhere Jacob went, he went with a limp. But it also meant not only that he walked differently, but Jacob was not free to run from God anymore. Jacob, he walked differently, and he walked. He didn't run anymore. That limp was the mark that told his story. It meant he had been through something. He did not let go. He did hold on. While you hold on, do not forget God is holding on to us. He held on to Jacob. He holds on to us. So no matter what you're going through or struggling with, hold on. If you're battling a sickness, hold on to the promise that he is our healer. If you're battling to find peace of mind, hold on to the promise that he is our prince of peace. If you're fighting just to balance your budget, hold on to the promise that he is able to supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. The greatest blessings belong to those who simply hold on. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today to hold on. Whatever promise God has made, let's pray and ask God, help us, Jesus, to hold on to your promises. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for every promise you have ever made to us, every assurance you've ever given us, God, every word you've ever spoken to us. I thank you for it. I do ask you to help us to hold on. Whatever you're doing in our lives, whatever you want to do, Jesus, we hold on. We trust you. We will not let go. We will not give up. I pray today, Lord, help us to live a life that brings you glory, brings you honor. Help us especially to hold on to the promises and to see them fulfilled in our lives just as you made them to us. We love you and praise you today. Give us the faith and the courage to hold on in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, God's Forward for Life listeners. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Be sure to click subscribe and share. If you know somebody who's going through something right now, battling something, please send this episode to them and let them hear that they can hold on and God can bless them if they will just hold on to their faith in the middle of this fight. Great resources are available for you at PentecostalPublishing.com. Head on over there. You'll find books, devotionals, of course, Bibles. You'll find more curriculum. You'll find more lessons. You'll find audio, video, everything you need to help grow in your discipleship and to make disciples, to help others grow in their relationship and discipleship. So head on over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Next week, we are going to take a look at a brand new series called Following Jesus. We're going to jump testaments again, going from the old to the new, going from Genesis all the way to Luke. We're going to look at the lesson dated February 6th, 2022, titled Propelled into Purpose. Three cheers for alliteration there. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast 
And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.